Respect, he said, his clear brown eyes meeting mine without aggression and without self-consciousness. People get it wrong. They start with love, and that's not enough. If there's no respect, you have nothing. But if you have respect, then love can grow. When I married my wife, we were great friends. We had more respect for each other than love. And then love grew. When there's a problem, we talk about it and sort it out. It's a good life. But respect is the key. And then like a true artist, he went back to making what is arguably the best pizza in town. I'm Anne-Marie, the Soulful Therapist. There are natural, gentle ways to heal, discover yourself and find meaning in the world. Let me introduce you to them. I'm a psychotherapist, past life therapist, clinical hypnotherapist, master knitter, Reiki master, teacher, author and seer. I specialise in trauma, helping young people and spiritual development. Shall we begin? Before we continue, I'd like to take a minute to tell you about the new projects I created for you during our break. I've been listening intensely to what people have been telling me about life and the challenges we are facing right now, and so I've refined what I offer you. People are telling me they feel overwhelmed, directionless, and isolated, that they don't know what the point of life is and everything seems just a bit too hard, that there just doesn't seem to be enough time, money, employment, belongingness, genuine fun, and more importantly, peace. I've been listening, and so I've refined what I offer you. I recognise that being in the same room is not always possible, so now you can have a video chat with me. I can help you integrate your personality-based thinking with soul-based wisdom, and we can talk about whether your life is going in the direction you want, discuss the challenges you're facing, and consider the questions you need answered. There's a lot we can do when we aim for greater insight and right direction, especially when we do it together. For those who are in Adelaide, there are two new group workshops, uh, a group therapy and meditation group. It's a four-week intensive face-to-face -face workshop. We're going to dive into some ancient wisdom and some esoteric techniques to explore our soul's purpose. We're going to develop an attitude of inquiry. We'll try and answer some of those burning questions. Practice self-reflection, respect and kindness. And we're going to meditate for peace and healing for ourselves and our planet. The second workshop is Group Mentoring for Lightworkers. And this one again, a four-week intensive course, will be for holistic practitioners, lightworkers, counsellors and therapists. We're going to have a bit of a look at the elements of ethical practice, particularly within South Australia. Use a spiritual framework for creating client services. We're going to work together on some real-life cases, answer those professional questions, and have a really careful look into self-care, initiation, and vicarious trauma. Life is a journey of self-discovery and mastery takes time. I know a month is not long enough, but do it anyway. And then me. Yes, Finn, and then you. <laughs> so today we have Finn with us again. How are you, Finn? Good. It's been a long time since I've been on the podcast. I'm very excited. Are you? Well, that's just wonderful. So today we want people to have a really good think about love. Really? Yeah, because love's tricky and we can yes. get it wrong. So what do you think about that idea? 
interesting. It's not usually a boy topic, is it? No, not okay. at all. So Finn is my little mini-me. Um, occasionally, uh, Mini Guru comes up with some lovely wisdoms to share with people. How old are you, Finn? Nine. That's right. Almost ten. And so you and I have been meditating for a while. Yes, we have. Yes, and we've been doing Reiki for a while. Yes. And we've been lately doing some dream interpretation, haven't we? Yes, we have. Mm-hmm. How does and, that work? Well, really, all you have to do is have a dream. And after, you have to work it out bit by bit by yourself. And we do have that one book that helps you with it. Is it called The Second Sight? That's right, by Edmund Harold. It's one of the best ways to identify your dreams. Yeah. So what happens often when you have a dream is that symbols will come to you in your dream and then you interpret the symbol. So it might be a flight of stairs and then it might be about climb up towards your goals or it could be a nightmare <laughs> it could be a nightmare then it's and that usually... just means a whole lot of dark workers are after you well it might just be a warning like pay attention when you cross the street think about your next step or it might be there is no further way forward here that's if you see a precipice but we're not talking about the, that today we're talking about love today so Let's do a practical. I'm going to say part of a sentence and you can answer any way you like. So for everybody listening, these are called crotty sentence stems. It's a great way if you're a creative person to come up with ideas for a painting or a poem or a script. Um, But it's also a wonderful way to get in touch with our inner wisdom. So it just lets that truth, that inner wisdom that we have, just rise up into our consciousness. So it can be really surprising and we can have this aha moment. The greatest predictor of change is insight. So what we're after is greater insight. So however you answer is fine. There's no right and there's no wrong answers. Okay. So should we? Yes. You're you're on board with this. We're we're doing it. Completely. First of all, I want to ask you, do you know what a metaphor is? Yes, I do. An example of a metaphor is when we say somebody has cried a river of tears. Okay, so a river doesn't really have anything to do with tears and you can't really cry a river of tears. But that's one way of us saying that, oh, my gosh, that person cried so many tears. So that's what we call a metaphor. Yes, a metaphor. Beautiful. Okay, let's start this activity. You ready? Yes. Bingo. Love is like. Love is like a friendship. That's beautiful. Love it. Okay. Here's the next one. I picture love as. A painting. Very cool. Love feels like. A pillow. Oh, I love that one. Love presents itself to me as. Maybe a butterfly. A butterfly, okay. I recognise love as being... Amazing. What I detect in love is... Love. So on the inside there's love, on the outside there's love, everything's love. Okay. Yes. Now, here comes the tricky one. The metaphor that best describes love is... Okay. Um, Shall I give you a hint? 
Yes, I want so, to hear very much. So before you described love as a pillow, so you could have a what of love? A river of love. You could have a river of love. What about a blanket of love? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Except that, was... that one's mine. I own that one. Yes. The blanket of love <laughs> belongs to me. Okay. So that's yes. it, it's quite an interesting thing is that sometimes you can just sit. And this is a bit hard sometimes when somebody asks you. Sometimes it's easier to sit there with a pencil and paper and, and do it like that. So that's what we're going to see if people at home want to do. Not those car casters. We don't want them crashing. Okay. So when we do activities like this, what we're doing is we're actually activating our right brain. And our right brain is in charge of all of our intuition, our creativity. It's the bit when you want to paint a picture, you use that part of the brain. When you want to write a poem, when you want to create a song, okay, we're using that part of the brain. And some people naturally use that part of the brain very, very well. And our science-minded friends... They don't tend to use that part of the brain as well. So they can struggle with this activity, but it's still a good thing to do because it's good to use your whole brain. So left brain activities are our scientific type thinking. So what we're going to be looking at today is we're going to talk about sacrificial love and intelligent love. So love is a feeling and a thought and a behavior. Love involves our hearts and our minds and our bodies, and we can express love in different ways for different people. So if we think about a metaphor so that we can understand the difference between sacrificial love and intelligent love, let's think about an emergency on a plane. How much air crash investigations have you seen, Finn? A lot. If there's an emergency on a plane, what usually falls from the roof? Rebreathers. Yeah, the oxygen masks. Yeah, yeah, the oxygen masks. Okay. So sacrificial love would be the person who puts the mask on their loved one. Yes. And intelligent love is the one who puts the oxygen mask on themselves first and then helps their loved ones. Yeah. Okay. So on a plane, they tell you to put your own oxygen mask on first. first. And why would that be, Finn? Because they want you alive, don't you? <laughs> I think everybody wants everybody alive. That's the idea. So that's the thing is you look after yourself first. Okay. Yes. So now Grandpa Richie used to say, if you're no good to yourself, then you're no good with anyone else. And that's that same idea. You can't sacrifice yourself to love someone else, you really do have to take care of yourself. Self-care is an important part of intelligent love and it makes love sustainable. Brian Weiss says one of the most important lessons of life is to learn independence, to understand freedom. And this means independence from attachments, from results, from opinions and from expectations. Breaking attachments leads to freedom but breaking attachments doesn't mean abandoning a loving and meaningful relationship, a relationship that nourishes your soul. It means ending dependency on any person or thing. Love is never a dependency. Independence is another important aspect of intelligent love. We should never give so much of ourselves that we're not okay in and of ourselves. 
So you're ready for a story, Finn? Yes, I am. Okay, so this story is called The Sin of the Buddha. Do you know who the Buddha is? No. Okay. He was a wise man and his life and teachings are the foundation of the Buddhist religion. Oh. Mm. So I heard this story from William Meader a few years ago and it's been very helpful to me. So listeners, if you are Pisces, if you work in the human services field or if you're a compulsive rescuer, this might be a story that you actually want to consider. Yes. <laughs> You've heard this one before, haven't you? Yes, I have. Okay. Listen now. Once upon a time, the Buddha was born in a village. And the Buddha has been born many, many times. And at this stage, he will probably be reborn again. But he was born into a village with a mom and a dad, people who loved him. Even a sister and a brother, maybe. I don't know. Well, we're not sure if he had a sister or brother. Not in the story I heard, but... You add, if you want to add in your bits, then that's fine. I will. Okay. So one day he went for a walk in the jungle and he heard a mother tiger and she was crying. She was hungry. And her little baby cubs, she didn't have any milk for them because she was hungry. She wasn't making any milk. And her little baby cubs were also starving. And guess what he did next? The Buddha, who was overflowing with compassion and love and that beautiful feeling of being at one with the universe. And he said, I can solve this problem. And so he went to the mother tiger and fed himself to the tigers. <laughs> That's exactly what he did. So what he did was he went to the tigers and he offered himself so that they could live. But this is not an example of intelligent love, is it, Finn? No, it's dumb love. Well, we could call it dumb love. That's exactly right. It's a very dumb choice. Okay, why was it a dumb choice? Because he could have just gone back to the village, grabbed a piece of meat, and went back to the tigers. Well, he could have done that. That's exactly right. Now, the reason why it's unintelligent love is that he had a purpose. So his life had a purpose. And that in that lifetime, he had very wisely chosen a whole heap of lessons and opportunities and some challenges, because we often learn more from our challenges. And so when he met that mother tiger's need and he gave her one meal, that's the other part of this, one meal, okay, he, he then forewent the opportunity to actually learn more. So if he wanted enlightenment, which that's what he was heading for, uh, he had to then wait and come back again and be reincarnated. It was a very dumb choice. Well, the idea is that you should never jeopardise your life and your mission and your soul's purpose, and we've all got that. So if we all focus on our own oxygen mask, then everything will come together at the end. So what have you learnt from that story, Finn? Don't feed yourself to tigers and don't be selfish about your own life. <laughs> okay, I think that makes sense to me. So we also, if we have a bit of a look at this from esoteric philosophy, and just to give those of you who may not have heard before, esoteric philosophy is actually one way of thinking about how we are in the world, okay? And you should never substitute somebody else's judgment for your own, so you can listen to what I say, and if it works for you and if it suits you, that's great. If it doesn't, that's okay too. But esoteric philosophy says that in the beginning there was one consciousness, and then for some reason... The one became two, 
and the two became many. And that's how we've got a beautiful world and lots of animals and many, many, many different sorts of people on the planet. But the idea is that all of this intelligence and everything is intelligence, even if it's a table, it's still intelligence, is made up of one of seven different sorts. And we call them rays. Okay, so if we look at where we are in time, we are moving now from the age of Pisces into the Golden Ages, otherwise known as Age of Leo, otherwise known as Age of Leo the Lion. Not quite, Finny. But Leo does actually come into it in the next little while, but we're moving into the Age of Aquarius. Oh, okay. The teacher for the Age of Pisces was Christ. And so for the last 2,000 years, what have we been doing? We've been looking at love and devotion and idealism. And so there's all been all these beautiful things people have been doing. They've been tender and kind and loyal. They've been very reverent. And we've had this age of churches, really. At the same time, however, people have also been a bit selfish and a bit jealous, sometimes yeah. sentimental angry at times, narrow, and of course there is that fanaticism. So when we've got that religious aspect of things, then those things can come in as well. So we're moving from that age of Pisces, which is very much about love as devotion, and now we're going into the age of Aquarius. And the age of Aquarius is about practical mysticism, creativity and using the mind coming together in groups so some of the good things that we're expecting to happen in the next little while perseverance and courage people being really courteous i'm really looking forward to that one being self-reliant but more than anything being strong and practical the things we are going to have to watch out for in the next little while though are bigotry pride people being overly opinionated and making superficial judgments and being quite narrow in their interest. And, you know, you've only just got to look at social media some days to actually look at some of that that's happening. We're moving into a time where love, that idea of devotion and sacrifice, has to move into this idea of intelligent love where we get lots of practical and good things actually happening for the world. How does that sound to you, Finn? Sounds amazing, except for all the problematic situations. The world has enough problems already. You reckon? Yes. We really need the golden ages right about now. Well, we're very fortunate in that we have a lot of smart people who are working on those particular issues. So that's good. But Including Elon Musk. Oh, okay. That's one of your favourites at the minute. So, But I, I take your point, Finn. You had made a very, very good point in that as human beings, we actually live in a dual world. It's good and it's bad, it's black, and it's white. And so that makes all of us a little bit grey. And the wonderful thing about that is we do get free will. So we have free will. Do we just chuck our rubbish into a harbour, or do we bring it back and put it in a recycle bin? So we get a lot of choices, which is going to be really good. Are there any final words you would like to say about love? I've called it intelligent love and sacrificial love, but you've had different words for it, Finn. What have you called it? Dumb love and smart love. Yeah, I think so. And sometimes there's this little grey area in between that little grey. Oh, the, the, the area in between smart love and dumb love is art. Some of it's smart love, some of it's bad love, and and in the middle is just 
some just need to be convinced on which one to go for. Oh, there you go. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for those words. What I'd like to do now is share with you all a poem about healthy boundaries. And really, if we're talking about intelligent love, and especially the sin of the Buddha, we're definitely looking at working on those idea of healthy boundaries. Um, I was reading uh, a social media post in one of my favourite local uh, Facebook groups, and it was just so sad. Um, A young woman reaching out and saying, um, I love my ex-partner so much that I'm now sitting in a mental health ward Um, what can I do what can I do to get him back what can I do when he's been treating me in certain ways Um, and you know I'm, I'm not sure I actually want to be here and my heart just broke for her and the thing that really struck me is that clearly she had taken this idea of sacrificial love to the extreme edge And what she didn't have was somebody to actually coach her on intelligent love. So my purpose today is actually just raise the idea with you and get you thinking about it. And if you do come across someone, and these are frequently people that are in domestic violence relationships, and they've done the sacrificial love. And if you can just support them and love them to step back, do some self-care, think about independence, um, then that will be uh, worthwhile me having done this particular podcast. I want to share with you a poem I came across more than 25 years ago in Alice Springs. Um, It's a poem called After a While. It's written by Veronica Schofstall. If you've ever been burned by sacrificial love, then this is for you. After a while, you learn the subtle difference between holding a hand and chaining a soul. And you learn that life doesn't mean leaning and that company doesn't mean security. And you begin to learn that kisses aren't contracts and presents aren't promises. And you begin to accept your defeats with your head up and your eyes open, with the grace of a woman and not the grief of a child. And you learn to build all your roads on today because tomorrow's ground is too uncertain for plans and futures have a way of falling down in mid-flight. After a while, you learn that even sunshine burns if you get too much. So you plant your own garden and decorate your own soul instead of waiting for someone to bring you flowers. And you learn that you really can endure, that you really are strong, and you really do have worth. And you learn and learn. Amazing! Sorry, I just had to break the silence. Thank I had you. to. Thank you for that, Finn. Have you enjoyed it today? Yes, I have. Okay. We might talk about Leo later. Later. When we come back for our next episodes for Season 2, uh, and particularly exploring how we can use some ancient techniques for our modern day life, business, home, everything you want to be great at. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, please share with a friend or two. And we'll talk soon. See you next time. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.